I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Ronnie. She has scoliosis. Let's talk about it. You took that seriously? You actually, for a second. For a second, you actually thought we had I mean, we before. have talked about having someone specifically on the show who definitely, <laughs> for sure, had Ebola. Someday. Someday. That will be... Uh, Wait, did you meet somebody that could be on the show because they had Ebola? Is somebody from Halifax. We know someone originally. Who knows someone. Yeah, and yeah, who had Ebola and lived. Yeah, he's a so. camera guy, apparently. If he's listening, if you're listening right now, camera guy with Ebola... Get at us, man. Get at like, us. We want to talk to you and hear your story. I mean, you know, like six degrees of separation. I mean, how many people listen to this show? Like, Who, like someone. fifty, probably? Someone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that means there's six times 150. Like, there's somebody who knows somebody who's got a bowl. Like, put us in contact. Also, yeah. don't all of the <clears throat> camera guys, like, roll in a pack together? So shouldn't Andrew know him? Yeah, Andrew is the guy who Andrew knows him. Andrew does know him. Oh. It was <laughs> Andrew An- the camera guy is the guy who knows the guy. It was Andrew that was like, yo, I know somebody who had Ebola. Where did he get it from? Um, Africa. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he, was down, he was down there shooting. Uh, he was down there shooting like a news segment about Ebola and got it. <laughs> I don't. I, it's just, oh, the irony. You know what? <laughs> yeah. we'll, have to, we'll have to hear from him. He but we're not talking me. about Ebola today. Today we're talking about fucked up spines. Oh, right. With Shy Ronnie. <laughs> shy Ronnie. You better not be Shy Ronnie, because then we won't be able to hear a goddamn thing you say. Really, really happy to be here. Use your outdoor voice. <laughs> okay. Uh, one little Lonely Island reference there. Uh, Ronnie, what's up? Ronnie, Ronnie, not the guy that I assumed was going to be a guy. Yeah, well, scoliosis is actually more prevalent in females, anyways. Oh, so I have I I kind of got that sense just be, more so just because of the sample of people that I know who have scoliosis. I don't think I know a single dude who has it. Ryan Oxner. Ryan Oxner has a scoliosis. He has scoliosis. Yeah, Didn't actually, know that. the only person <clears throat> I know with scoliosis is a is a guy a kid that I coach, and his spine is like. A curve. Yeah. 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 So, okay, Ronnie, why don't you explain to the listeners who might not know what scoliosis is, what it is? Right. So you, you summed it up pretty well. It's, it's janky spine syndrome. Uh, <laughs> janky spine syndrome? Is that, is that the technical term? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's where your spine starts to take on a curve. At uh, It could either be at your thoracic, which is your upper spine, or your lumbar, which is your lower spine. Mm-hmm. And uh, mine took a curve on the thoracic, so it's like it's kind of hard to do it without hand gestures because no one can see what I'm talking about. You're kind That's of making correct. a C with your yeah. hand. Yeah, it's kind of like a C, but it's not. It's not um, kyphosis, which is when <laughs> your shoulders round like this. Sometimes mm. sco- uh, kyphosis is a is a side effect of scoliosis, but kyphosis is when you know 
like you see like grandmothers who like are really old. Yeah, like hunchbacks. Yeah, yeah they have like this kind of like rounded Man. idea to it. Whoa. I saw this guy the other day at the mall. He must have been, I mean, I you know, it's really hard to gauge because he could have been, he could have been 300 years old or <laughs> he also could have been like maybe 80, but somewhere within that range, he was old <laughs> AF and it, it like... It, I'm not even kidding when I say this. It gave me legitimate anxiety about like be, be ever becoming old or just like old people in general because this gentleman was literally the shape of an L. Dude, yeah, I, just, I, I saw, just bend right over. I saw a woman walking up a hill in in Ukraine once. I was I was there, I was looking at a hotel window, and there's this woman walking up a hill. And you could have set a table on her back. <laughs> that was this guy. Yeah. So, and, and he had a walker, right? Mm-hmm. So he had like... She had a cane. But he 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 literally, like, if you took this walker out from him, he would just fall right down on his forehead. Totally, yeah. Like, He's a Tetris piece. He, it was... Yeah, he was a Tetris piece. But now, is that because he got old? Or do you think that that gentleman had... What did you say? Kyphosis? Probably yeah, both. so kyphosis is actually you can you can get it later on in life because of mm-hmm. your lifestyle, how your bone um, growth is and your bone health is too mm-hmm. affects that. And many older people do end up with kyphosis if they're just not taking care of themselves properly. Right. But just visually for people, <clears throat> scoliosis is where your spine takes if you're looking at somebody's back mm-hmm. flat on scoliosis is where it curves laterally to the right, to the right side of your body or to the left side of your body. Uh, I think she just said, no, that, not necessarily. I think that the, the, the kyphosis can be a part of scoliosis. It can be, um, kind of later down the road. If you let your scoliosis go, but they are separate. Yeah. They're separate okay. things. You can have one or the other, or you can have, you can have both at right. the same time. So what Taylor was saying there, <laughs> like you're basically looking at a spine that's taking more of like an, an S type curve. Right. Yeah. As opposed to curving towards you or away from you if yeah. you were looking at it. Exactly. So I know someone who has literally the S curve. Mm-hmm. My friend Jess, like at the top of so her thoracic kind of takes that question mark top and then her lumbar, you know, flip the question mark upside down, takes the curve. So her spine literally looks like an S. And you can see it on her back. I could have just said S. <laughs> Well, no, no. Continue with the question mark. So the upper question mark starts from the right, goes to the left. Now, but so you, but you literally, you can see, and it's subtle. You have to really look, but you can see the the line. Like you know, if you look at someone's spine generally, you see that like that sort of dark line that goes down the back. Hers, you can see. Do you got some photos there? I do. Yeah. So that was my X-ray before the surgery. Holy shit, dude! Whoa, that's that's major. Let me see that. Yeah. Because scoliosis can be a set of lungs there on you. Look at that. Look at those pipes. Scoliosis can be a really big range of Jealous like it can be a very small. <clears throat> it can be it can affect you in a very small way. Like the curve can be very small, or it could be like right. you know, debilitating. Whoa, dude! The next photo. Did you get some fucking crazy surgery? Yep. Look at these bolts in your back. Holy shit, Taylor! Look at that. Scroll right. Definitely sc- don't scroll left. I think there's some photos that we were not supposed to see. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> That is... Uh, For anybody who's curious, we're going to put these photos up on uh, our Instagram. I hope that's okay with you. Is there yeah. a... Did you digest a, a wedding ring? <laughs> no, it's my belly button ring. <laughs> I'm like, uh, there's a ring, yeah. there's a ring in, your, in your torso. Yeah. Um, dude, that's nuts. That's the most extreme... That's the most extreme I've... So your spine, your spine literally looks like a question mark with right. the dot at the bottom. Right. So what you were saying earlier is that. Holy shit. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, but it can be different levels of severity, just like you were mentioning. Yeah. 
And um, some people, actually, it's quite rare for anyone to really truly have an entirely straight spine. Scoliosis mm-hmm. is more common than people would think, but the severity definitely ranges. Right. So I was diagnosed with scoliosis when I was 10. And at that point, it was only at a Ten, like a 15 degree curve what you saw there on my pictures is a 56 degree curve Holy shit! So it just got worse as you grew older right it did get worse now that doesn't always happen sometimes um it'll stabilize when you hit around puberty and you'll just and it'll just like you might have a slight curve and it might cause you some issues throughout your life but it stopped it's there and that's it and then sometimes like in my case it'll just it'll just keep going does it have to do Jeez. with uh does it have to do with like your muscular structure like how you hold yourself up like it gra- is i'm sure i'm sure gravity is playing some role a yeah. <laughs> cruel joke that's what it's playing yeah. <laughs> um Yes and yes and no. I mean, it's it's a skeletal structure thing. So it's it's there before any of your muscles are right. Mm -hmm. And it's scoliosis is also idiopathic, meaning that it doesn't have a genetic link to it. And they can't really find a common thread between all the people who have it. Like, there's no real reason. Like, okay, I can see why you would have scoliosis. because I wonder if you just came out as a baby and like your fucking shoulder was just like, like clipped onto your mom's pubic bone a little too long. And it just kind of. As you came out, and then you come out a little crooked. That's a solid theory. I, I mean, dude, you can publish that. I probably will. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I mean, babies come out like they come out with cone heads sometimes. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me if there was some. Well, well maybe, maybe not. The uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. You ever heard about the cone head thing? No, dude, it <laughs> squeezes their little stupid baby heads so fucking <laughs> coned out. It, it's true. It's that crazy. is true. Yeah, it's nuts. I've never heard of that. Dude, That's Google hilarious. it, and it'll make you throw up. Okay. It's horrible. Okay. Is there, Ronnie? Is there also like a like a um? I don't know how to phrase this correctly, but I know that through coaching, uh, sprint canoeing, like. We kind of overdevelop one side of the right. the 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 muscle system, and uh, it kind of pulls on on the spine. And some of the the kids that I coach actually have like uh, minor scoliosis from over muscle just due to the strength. Yeah, yeah. Is, is is that a possibility too? <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, did you just hit the pull? Yeah, 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 I did. Oh my god. <laughs> Told you it's Oh fucked. my god. Does it ever get better? Uh, no. <laughs> we should interview one of them. Dude, did you not watch the movie Coneheads? Let's it's a documentary it about a family. Let's rein it in. And, yeah. uh, and Sorry. so is it can, can overdevelopment of muscles, a certain side of the muscles do that too? You know, I'm not I'm not an expert on this, oh, but damn it, you should be. I know. I, it's funny how people really aren't an expert on their own illnesses because I'm definitely You not. were sounding like an expert for a little bit there. Well, I'll, I'll derail now. it. Yeah, now I'll derail it now. Um, but I would have to imagine that there would have to be some sort of predisposition to them, uh, to their spine beforehand. I guess it also depends on age and how much muscle they're putting on their weight and a lot of other outside factors too. But, um, yeah, there are, there are some outside things that you can see when somebody has scoliosis too. And you can tell because in this picture, That's my shoulder blade, like, Whoa, yeah. so, regularly. Yeah. We're looking at a prom photo. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it looks like an alien's trying to bust out of your back. Exactly. It's just, your, your shoulder blade is just flared out all the time? Yeah, so even though it's, like, it's a cute picture of me looking over my shoulder, mm-hmm. it's still, like, that's how it looks mostly. It used to look all the time. 
And that was because my spine was actually pushing my right shoulder blade into my rib cage. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, and that's and that was like the main source of pain. Too. And your parents are kind of like, "Well, maybe this child is an angel and just didn't grow her wings yet." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. That's what I, how I describe my about twelve inch scar on my back. Yeah, I bet you that thing looks like, rad. Uh, it's a pretty cool scar. She did a great job though, so it's not doesn't look like someone just took a knife to me. Sure. When when Jer said that we were having uh, we were gonna our guest had scoliosis i was uh i for some reason out of nowhere so uh as most people know on this show we all teach yoga and i was teaching the other day i've been teaching over the last few weeks for some reason at the end of class i always get people and say okay, we're gonna come up and sit up and I always you know say something along the lines of like hey sit up tall try to take all the try to take all the all the uh the curves out of your like the curves out of your spine like so you know and and for some reason, unprompted, because no one was like, I have scoliosis and I can't sit up straight. But you're like, you're for like some, take the curves out of your spine, someone in the corner going, ow. <laughs> for some ow, reason, for some ow. reason, over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've, I've heard myself say it and then immediately become conscious of, of <laughs> the possibility of someone with scoliosis just going like, oh, I can't. <laughs> I feel so left out. That's yeah. actually happened to me before. Like, I think maybe in a yoga class and also like through personal training where they're like, keep your back really straight. And I'm like, I actually can't like, do that. Impossible. So. <laughs> so let's take it back then. You, you, you get diagnosed with this at 10 mm-hmm. and was, was the diet, did the diagnosis come from just general discomfort and, and it led to you getting checked out or was it like your doctor goes, Hey, the fuck's with that question mark on your back? Mm. I think, well, they actually, <coughs> it might have been a sports physical that they first looked at it because um, in physicals, when you're about, you know, your teenage years, like 13 or 14, they do screen for scoliosis naturally because oh. it's the year that it becomes really prevalent. Mm-hmm. So they, I think they just picked it up on me. So they catch it and then it starts to get worse. When did it become, I'm assuming because you got surgery, it, it started to pose issues yeah. in your life. When when did it start to like become a, a, a sort of like pain in your ass? Back. <laughs> Was it ever a pain in the ass? No. <laughs> yeah. No, not particularly. Just swinging, swinging and, and missing. missing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did it start to become issues? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Jared's getting his ESL certificate next week. <laughs> uh, so just don't mind him and his language barrier. And when did it become an issue for you? Um, well, around uh, grade eight, so like 13 or 14, I actually had to start wearing a back brace. Oh, no. Oh, what does yeah. that look like? Oh, uh, it's this plaster contraption of awful. I've um, seen one. Yeah. It's like a plastic corset. Yeah, right? it, that's exactly. It's a great way to describe it. A plastic corset. So it's this um it's it's it sits like underneath your chest and then one side will be up a little bit higher as in like an attempt to push you over to the correct oh, way. So like the it came up underneath <laughs> my right armpit and it was just like constantly like a force that would just keep me in a certain position. Jesus. So uncomfortable. So like are you walking around like Franken woman just like It was actually pretty like for the most part it was pretty discreet. Like it would go underneath my clothes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um but I had to wear it while well, I was supposed to wear it for like 
22 hours out of a day. Whoa, Whoa. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So Is it hard to sleep What? In? How the fuck do you do that? You have to wear it and then just like wake up at some point, take it off for a couple hours? Or? It was mostly like you can take it off when you shower. Right. And then you can like have a break throughout the day. Holy but smoke. you had to sleep in it. And I was supposed to wear that for about two years, but it became so unbearable about a year. And it really unbearable didn't matter because anyway. Because you were, you were that age and like the the social like the social implications of that or unbearable because it it really was like really uncomfortable a, a little bit of both i remember <laughs> one of my best friends today when i when i came to school with it in like grade eight she looked at me she's like i would never wear that you're like oh sweet yeah. thanks and it was, for yeah. the support <laughs> and it was i would just... never do that what you're doing right now <laughs> yeah. did you guys exactly ever, did you guys ever have to wear a, a bite plate while you slept no uh, <laughs> no i didn't i had i did have to wear one of those things that make me stop sucking my thumb though <laughs> did you yeah it was like where you put your thumb inside your mouth and there's a tack at the top and it stabs you th- your thumb did you guys ever have that <laughs> no that's not a real thing never. that's yeah that's not a real thing. Yeah, yeah my dad made it he said that all dads made them for their boys. <laughs> you guys I, I had a I had a bite plate, and uh, I can't obviously can't relate to like what you had to go through wearing that for two years. But um, I thought I you had, were going to say that to me. I can't relate what you had to wear, Jair, with that stabbing of your well, thumb that your dad forced you to do. To be fair, I can't. But uh, I I had to wear a bite plate, and it's like, uh, do you guys know what they are? It does it does it keep your mouth slightly open so you don't bite your teeth? No, uh, it's so that you don't grind your teeth. Right, uh, that's because what I, mean. I grind my teeth in my, <laughs> my sleep, and it's like this plastic mouth guard, mm. and you—it's kind of like isn't it like oh, a wedge? Kind of it like wedges your jaw slightly. It's just—it's just like a piece of plastic. It's a plastic mouth guard for your upper teeth, and it, because there's a piece of plastic that's covering those teeth, then they can't like rub against the the. Well, it's just got duct tape right? on on the uh, like end of it, so if you clench your jaw shut. And you try to grind, it's not going to move. It just nope. sticks. But it's weird though. It it like it Swing almost and miss because your your mouth, um, especially I was probably the same age. You were actually wearing the the back mm-hmm. brace when I had this mouth guard, and uh, your teeth are still growing at that time. So they they make it for your teeth, like on day one that they give it to you. But by the end of like six months, your teeth are growing and your mouth is changing. I'm sure that's great it, for your like your like. Orthodontry would that be like the the term there like your the growth of your teeth like the, if you if you were gonna have if you were gonna have nice teeth and then you force that shit on there yeah and your teeth grow into that they, you're definitely gonna need braces yeah well um, they tell you to like heat it up in like a, a pot of boiling water like, oh, like every, every little bit and then yeah. kind of like form it to your mouth but it doesn't really work and it just used to bother bother me mm. uh, a ton but. I was like, fuck this. I'm not, not wearing it. And then it was probably like a thousand or two thousand dollars to get that done. Like, how did it make you feel, Brian? Like, let's switch. Like, let's get away from Ronnie and go further into this. Yeah. How well, do you-, you know, I was emotionally troubled for a while. Um, I, I only had to wear one when I was sleeping. So my friends at school didn't know. But like, I carried this guilt to the classroom okay. every day. Ronnie, Ronnie, actually, you could probably just leave. leave. <laughs> you could probably just go if you want. Yeah, I think Brian's mouth guard experience is way more fascinating. Mouth experience. <laughs> so, my question is, did you, like, did it make you self-conscious? Oh, 100%. Like, I, it, well, it affected sports and stuff, too. Like, um, oh, yeah. I couldn't really run in it. <laughs> right. Could you run with, like, what was your spine feeling like when you weren't, when you didn't have it on? Like, was it equally as painful, or, or was it something you were kind of used to? <sighs> It's kind of hard for me to remember, especially after getting the surgery, but I I feel like 
it was probably around the similar I feel like the back brace was a lot more discomfort and I would rather take the occasional pain of what was going on in my back at the time it was occasional pain over mm-hmm. like the full like body discomfort that the back brace gave right. me because mm-hmm. it's basically trying to morph you into a different shape yeah essentially every hour of the day have, have any of you had braces <clears throat> did you have braces growing up uh no did you Brad? no did you oh yeah I yeah. had braces and the full like yes. retainer thing same and like it's it definitely you it's definitely uncomfortable it's like that, for, that thing that is forcing your body to shift and grow in a way that it naturally doesn't want to. Well, I have had a bite plate. <laughs> <laughs> Tell oh, us yeah. more. Yeah, Tell us more that. about it. <laughs> um, so, so you stop. Is is you stop wearing this thing? You, you know, right. you, you weren't wearing it the way you were supposed to be wearing it. Yeah, that's that's a confession for sure. <laughs> and and is that what caused it to go from that ten percent curve to that like fifty whatever percent? No, like that. Um, I think I've kind of wrestled with getting the answer from my doctor of saying, like, it's not my fault for <laughs> not wearing the back brace on my back ended up that way. Essentially, it it should never have progressed that severely. Like, even if I was wearing the back brace, it probably would have continued progressing to, to a point where it would have been severe anyways. Right. So some people um, will wear the back brace and it does solve their issues. So, you know, you get the first step of people who get a small degree curve and it stabilizes and then they're out of the race. Mm. And then you get the people who it keeps going a little bit, but then they wear a back brace and that stabilizes it. And then they're out of the race. And then you get people like me who like go through that whole progress. And then, yeah, it's just like, ah, so what was the, like, what's the verdict? Did they, did you ever, did anybody say this is why this got so severe? No. Um, no, but, uh, you're just a lucky girl. Yeah, yeah, just really lucky. The idea, work. my mom does have a theory about why I particularly have it. So I mentioned before the show that I actually have celiac disease too, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys have talked about it before, but it, it caused us a lot of severe malnutrition when I was young. And uh, that did, did you know that you had it when you were young, or yeah, did was, you just throw up all the time from like <laughs> and get sick? I was diagnosed when I was three. Okay, so it was pretty evident that there was a lot of. Um, integral stuff wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Didn't you say that you got diagnosed after your you you had like your anal prolapse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my bowel prolapsed. Ugh, yeah. What was that like? I was three. I guess you were three. Yeah, so yeah. I don't really remember it, which is great. God, what was that yeah. like for your Blissful parents? Ignorance. God, can you imagine? Poor thing. Funny enough. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> they, they they didn't know what was wrong with me when they rushed me to the to the hospital and they were telling my parents all sort of things and it actually for a while there the verdict was that I had CF. Oh wow. Oh, yeah. And uh then, you know. Then the doctor licked your neck and was like, <laughs> "Nope, not salty." <laughs> I like exactly. Jeremy's good to go. I licked Jeremy's neck the other day for the first time and it is pretty salty. Yeah, I got a salty He then neck. licked my neck to compare. And Taylor's was equally as salty because he's just sweaty. <laughs> well, then that that's maybe an outlier and I think you need a bigger sample size. Yeah. 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 Like Ronnie's neck. <laughs> <laughs> that becomes a staple of the show where we have to lick the back of everybody's yeah. neck. Would, like we're, we're, at we're at like 120 episodes right now. So like we got a, a hun- our next 120 guests. We just lick all of their necks. But we've forgotten to compile the data. <laughs> we just lick people's necks and go and just remember it. Yeah. <laughs> we never wrote it down. Um, so it wasn't CF. It turns out celiac disease. Yeah. And thanks to this... But like clearly, probably like obviously very severe celiac. Yeah, um, it was a case that they've never seen before. Um, 
My mom says I'm in some medical journal somewhere. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was thanks to a doctor who decided to not cut me open and they did a, a biopsy on me instead and then figured out that I had celiac disease. How do they fix your butthole? Did they just I put, actually, it, put it back in? I honestly don't really know. Did you say that you have a normal butthole now? Like yeah, it just works fine? I think so. I yeah. haven't really compared it to anyone else's, though. So. Right. <laughs> Can somebody run me through a prolapse? Because I've heard it. I've heard of it, but I don't know. Google it. Yeah, yeah. I think you should just Google it. I yeah. don't. It, it, it's too Taylor. Google if it. If you went in the bathroom right now and had to poop, and you just no, wait, really, really, no, no, really no, no, wait, no, 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 no. I, I think let experience. Him, let him Google okay. prolapsed. So my Google but. right now is is on Im- the Google images of conehead babies. And, and now perhaps, yeah, you're, she, she's, what is it, CISA? CISA's like putting you on some sort of list for prolapse deviant searches. Penis. Prolapse <laughs> butt. Put prolapse butt hole and see what happens. Because that's... Go to Google uh, images. Yeah, Google images 100%. Don't, don't look... Oh! <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't look at it. I'm just... I'm scared now. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Maybe YouTube? Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Ready? Look at it, Taylor. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, really? Christ. Isn't Dude, that- the first image is like a goat or a horse or something. Actually, yeah, that happens Whoa, occasionally. It just ruminants. comes right out. That's oh, fucking God. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. If you're listening at home, this is the interactive <laughs> portion of the podcast where you also take out your phone and Google prolapsed butthole. So you can react kind of similarly to the way we're reacting oh, right now. There's one of the pictures of a cute cat with a... Oh, no! Oh! <laughs> oh, I've shit. seen the same one. Fuck! I do not want to see that. Come uh, on, don't, don't force Ronnie yeah. to look at it. Yeah, look, this one's a... There was no Christ. consent in that. This one's, this one, this one's a... Dude, this, this, is, this is so weird. There's a there's an image on here for an, a prolapsed anus we're not, that is a like an artistic... Pencil sketch. Oh, God, why? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Okay, let's rein it back in. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry. It looks like a snail coming so out. So sorry. Anyways. So your mother was like, hey, you had that prolapse thing. You have celiac disease. You're not getting your nutrition, your, your nutrients the way that a normal human would. Maybe that resulted in a fucky spine. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, kind of her theory. And I think that's a theory that's out there too in scientific literature, but there's just there's just not enough data on the subject. Sure. So so okay, let's let's kind of move forward to the the time where the decision is made. Okay, we we need to like go for surgery like that. To me, spine surgery seems um uh pretty aggressive. Like that's a that is a big step in one's life. Yeah. Um, the decision was. A delayed one, I guess. Uh, there was a couple factors from keeping me from saying yes to it. Uh, mainly the fact that my brother actually got the exact same surgery. Whoa, really? Whoa. Yeah, he did, uh, except it ended his life. Oh, my Whoa. gosh. Holy shit. And it wasn't because the surgery itself was invasive. He actually uh, had a myriad of other genetic issues going on. He was born mentally and physically handicapped. Okay. Um. And his spine had the whole kyphosis and scoliosis thing going on. And if we let it progress, it would probably just end up crushing his lungs and his heart. Whoa. So it was kind of a, it was a chance. It was a gamble. My mom and my dad and I, we all kind of thought, you know, if, if we let his spine go, then is, is it more painful than seeing if he could survive the surgery? Now, he's not like us. He, he has a lot of other complications that would make recovery near impossible. And that's exactly what happened. Was he was he like high functioning in terms of like on the, the spectrum where he laid? 
in terms of his like um, I don't know how would you put that like his mental like his intellectual uh, yeah his intellectual abilities. Well, <clears throat> it is kind of hard to classify him because um, he his his condition lies under an umbrella term called mitochondria myopathy, and the idea is that when he was born he was born without a lot of without cells that have mitochondria so essentially dead cells dead cells in his brain Whoa. so he was um paralyzed from the waist down and he had no speaking abilities and could not eat but his communication was there like he could right. communicate with us he recognized us he could tell us what he wanted in his own way but um his disease is degenerative so mm. as he kept going the cells kept dying out and he lost a lot of you know personality who he used to be abilities and by the time that um the decision for him to get the surgery which <coughs> i think was i guess five years before i got mine and how old would he have been then he was 11. He was your older brother. No, he was he was younger. He was younger than you. Yeah, oh, okay. he was younger. Okay. Yeah, so he was um, 11 at the time, um, five years at, before I got my surgery, I think. Right. And um, yeah, so we made the decision uh, to get the surgery on him. And the, the main issue with his recovery is that he couldn't. He couldn't walk, right? Mm. So because he was paralyzed from the waist down, so he had to do his whole entire recovery essentially on bed rest, right? Which and, is in his wheelchair, uh, so, so much harder. Yeah, yeah. And I got the surgery done by the exact same surgeon uh, in the exact same hospital, and she was amazing. But God, I wonder if like the pressure, you oh, know. Yeah. So like, did your brother pass away? During surgery, or was it during the during the recovery? Just, it, unfortunately, the recovery. Okay. yeah, yeah, right. So, it, like, clearly, your surgeon knew the outcome of that. Oh yeah, she knew having... our family. She's known. She was the one who initially diagnosed me, actually, wow. and has been following my spine story since I've been ten. And I was really lucky to have um, that option. Living in um, Michigan is where this took place in in the Detroit area. And uh, Hence the third man records T-shirt you're yeah, wearing right now. Exactly. We'll and also the <laughs> the uh, the privilege to have insurance also to cover mm. something this extensive is mm -hmm. huge, huge. Are you, yeah. from, are you from there? Um, I lived there for well, I lived there before I lived there. Before, <laughs> I lived there before I lived here. So about 12 years. But I'm originally from Ontario. Okay. So we are kind of like <clears throat> expats is in a sense. We're Canadians, but we lived in Michigan. Right. Right. Yeah. So so. You go in for the same surgery and your surgeon, did you have a discussion with, with your surgeon like beforehand that was yeah. alluding to the fact that like, hey, this is, um, please don't let what happened to my brother happen to me. It's an entirely like, it's, it's easy to think that that you you could fall into the trap of thinking it would happen but it's an entirely different case. Yeah. And that's what was yeah. hard for my family too is my parents initially didn't want me to get the surgery. I think when I was, you know, 13, 14 and I started wearing the back brace, they kept saying, you know, this is this is in lieu of getting the surgery, like wear it, wear it, you're going to get a awfully large scar down your back. <laughs> and then when my brother got it and you know, he died because because of the recovery of it, uh, it was another factor to my parents' scare. Like they just couldn't, they couldn't see another kid go through it again. Yeah, yeah, of course. You, God, that must have been so hard for your parents. You said that, um, like, it, your brother died during the recovery, but was it was it directly because of the surgery, or was it because of one of the other complications? It was. Um, it was because he couldn't recover for sure. Um, I we don't know how much longer we would have had him if we never did the surgery. Mm. That's you know always the question. But uh, this probably sped it up a little bit for sure, uh, just because of who he was. But it was a quality of life. 
question. Like he was, he was, Ooh. he was going to, he was going to inevitably descend into like this awful pain right. from what he had naturally. Exactly. So it's like a toss up. I mean, fuck, that's a hard decision. Yeah. Were you, I know that, so I just recently had surgery, uh, in October and I've had a few surgeries where I've gone under through like, you know, being put to sleep through anesthetic and every single time I'm terrified right before they wheel you into the OR, I always get, um, what is it? Ambien or what's the one that makes you calm? Ativan? Anyway, one of the ones that start with A. Ambien, Ativan, and Adderall, they all confuse me. And they all do different things. Very different things. Um, (laughs) uh, But it was the one that calms you down. And uh, I always get that before I go in. And I'm always like like really, really scared. Um, Now, of course, this last one that I went in was like, it's considered like, you know, pretty serious surgery. But uh, spine surgery, also pretty like severe, pretty serious. Were you, do you remember the moments before surgery? Like, were you, were you nervous? Yeah, I, I do remember it was really early in the morning and like I had to bring my suitcase to the hospital, which is just a weird thing to do. You carry a suitcase? (laughs) <laughs> like you know like uh, for your clothes oh sorry i was thinking a briefcase i yeah. was like what are you what are you uh, a, a gentleman from the 1950s <laughs> you were my briefcase and my fedora does your suitcase have wheels on it yes okay <laughs> vital yeah briefcase <laughs> yeah. doesn't have wheels yeah, suitcase, no, no, yeah. Does. suitcase i get it i got the suitcase you know it's yeah. you know it's weird though backpacks with wheels Sorry, kids, like just carry your backpack on your back. It's true. Absolutely. Did you guys have you guys seen the suitcase that doubles as a scooter? <laughs> yes. yes. I saw a woman using it at the port at Porter, like Billy Bishop in Toronto, and she zoomed by all of us, got to the elevator way before us. With less self-esteem than everyone else around her. <laughs> wow, Taylor, Jesus. You know what? Uh, a backpack with wheels might have actually uh, helped me instead of carrying a large backpack around. Right. Yeah, but at the same time, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. succumb to that and wearing a back brace. So, like, it just would have been, been too much. <laughs> like, goddamn gravity. I need to. It's gravity. I can't put anything on my shoulders. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So you go in for surgery, you bring your suitcase, you're all ready. Yeah, and I don't, the last thing I remember is, you know, they inject whatever they inject into your your, your many tubes that they have hooked up to you. And I was on the top floor and they, and they needed to get down to the the OR, which was on an elevator, but I don't even remember getting to the OR. I wasn't nervous or anything. Oh, I just you remember sleep before you, yeah. you were out before you even got into the room. I was out before I even got in. I actually, oh. the last thing I remember was smiling at my parents as they sit outside the elevator and then the elevator door is closing and that's it. Oh gosh. I feel like that's yeah. probably a pretty good procedure to, to knock you out before you, they wheel you into the OR so that you're not yeah. in the OR. Like 
like instruments and trays around you, some doctors leaning over you with a bright light. And Dude, that's going, like, that's, I kind of wanted to see it, it though, Goodbye. honestly. True, yeah. Also, I didn't realize <clears throat> until after I got the surgery that I could have requested a video of it. Oh, cool. And I, I and I kind of wanted, I kind of wish I did. I also, I'm not sure if too. they, if they like always record or not. Maybe I can still get it. But I, I'll, I know like, a gal that had her, her liver removed or it was like, Sorry, a tumor on her liver removed, and the tumor was the size of a basketball. And they took a photo of it. I of, never of understand hands. that. I know it's crazy because well, it's, it's a marvel. It's she, like it's it's crazy. It's so well, they didn't even she didn't even ask. I think, uh, or maybe she did request it, but they took a photo, and it was like the doctor holding the the basketball like tumor. next to her head. <laughs> yeah, she's okay. She's next to a real basketball, like, hey, maybe hey, hey. for like size. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they brought in. They brought in a basketball from the <laughs> children's basketball court outside. Um, yeah, it's too bad you didn't get that video because we could watch it now. And yeah, it, it probably would feel pretty surreal. Now you can um, you can look at videos of this surgery. Taylor, uh, Google it. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't, I don't, there's actually a pretty good animation that I found that does it pretty well because the actual surgery itself is pretty gruesome to watch. Yeah, I yes. bet. So what do they do? Like how do, because they don't replace your spine, right? They're, they're no. they, they leave the same bones in you. So it's essentially like braces almost. So okay. um, they do the long incision down your back, like my scar shows. And I'm trying to remember the animation, but they... It's essentially what they do is that they have to untangle. First, they have to untangle all the muscles that are attached to your spine, which means cutting up a lot of it. And the main issue was with my right side, because that's where my spine was curving towards and hitting my shoulder blade. So that was like the mess side. So they had to cut it all up. And um, then they would shock your muscles to like almost release it, release the spine from it. And then they push. And then shock, and then they push, and they shock, and then they push. Pushing it back towards Pushing the it back towards where it's supposed to be, yeah. Whoa. Is it is your spine, like, kind of malleable? Um, it's more malleable than you would think it is. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I... I mean, move I'm around. Here, yeah, yeah, why wouldn't so. it be? It's, like, yeah. think about it. It's not, uh, it's not like your, like your, you know, your arm bone, where think it's one long yoga. bone. It's a bunch of sections of Yeah, both. it's a bunch of vertebrae that... Exactly. It, it's kind of a... It, I guess it can like be something like your finger. Brian, have you ever seen someone do the worm? I have, yeah. Now but, think of your spine no, okay. during the no, worm. No, but but you're not talking about the same direction, right? No, I'm not. Yeah. But think of a think of like a crescent moon or like a, like someone doing a lateral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a it doesn't lateral it doesn't have as mu- it doesn't have as much movement in that direction. But, but think of how much it has when you've opened someone up and you've like softened up the muscles. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Probably a lot. Is there a danger that they're going to? Uh, is there any danger of your nervous system being and your like your paralyzation? Is that? A, oh a yeah, risk? yeah. That was all the risks that we had to go on before the surgery. Uh, the highest risk actually was surprisingly blindness. Uh, really? Was one of the side effects that could happen. Why? Um, I think if I don't know, I don't really know how everything works back there. But if you hit something incorrectly, and then everything else just kind of goes dark. Cones and rods, yeah, just yeah. cones and rods. Same reason why if you break your neck or your back somewhere, you can just be dead. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of like a, they're kind of like a bomb uh, disposal team, like trying to navigate the, the kinda, wires yeah, without like blowing it up, right? Yeah, yeah, I basically. can imagine so. And yeah. my surgeon, she was amazing. Like, um, I see a masseuse here in Halifax, and she always marvels. A masseuse who, who's seen this kind of surgery before, and she marvels at how well like the scar looks and how pliable and how movable it was it is today. So yeah, essentially they they kind of keep pushing your spine over, and then once they get it to where it, it's supposed to be, um, 
they they put two rods and about 26 screws in. Wow. And um, And the rods go like top to bottom, sort of like they line your spine. You can see it in the x-rays. Like there's massive screws and rods. I I saw the I saw the I saw the like 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 the screw, the bolts. Like a stint. Right. But I I don't think I took a moment to look at the uh, the rods. Oh, yeah, okay, I see. So the, yeah, right. So the those little, like, bolts are what are holding the rods on to your spine. Right. Jesus. It's like rebar from, like, the top mm-hmm. of your thoracic down to your, like, lumbar almost, right? Right, so I didn't that. have to get um, my lumbar fused. So what you're talking about with your friend who has the full S, what happens is that if you let one part of your spine um curve the other part will actually start to curve the opposite way in Mm. compensation Mm -hmm. so that was just starting to happen before i decided to get the surgery is that my lumbar had the slightest slightest curve Mm. um but because i stabilized because i stabilized my my thoracic like it shouldn't ever become an issue hopefully well you're poop there you can kind of see your poop building up ready to be pooped out yeah it's it's not it's it's a lovely picture yeah yeah like i I don't know if that's what that is i I really don't know i've seen uh I know what that poop looks like. Show up on a see the bottom there? All those little like nuggets. <laughs> I I I can't okay say. Yeah, like, does that make you feel uncomfortable? In, in this little sack here, see I that? can't say with any degree of certainty. But I mean, yeah, I'm like, gonna go with a hundred percent certainty. That's poop. <laughs> I I probably trust your judgment because I think you know what that looks like. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen. I poop every day. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> That's not what that is. I I might not. So be. what's the uh, like? What's the what is the man that I imagine if they're tearing all of your muscle because some <laughs> surgeries are less invasive than others, but yeah. this one sounds extremely invasive because they're fucking with all your muscles. So are you kind of out of commission for a long while afterwards? Yeah. The surgery itself, just to put in context is about five hours and, yeah. uh, which is pretty good. Cause some, pretty can, quick. yeah, some can last like seven or eight. Is that quick? I, really? I think I was in there for seven hours yeah. in, in October. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Seven so, hours. Yeah. Do they swap? Like, no, they, no, not my, my surgeon didn't. Yeah. My surgeon didn't either. It's probably depends too. Like, I think they swap when they're doing a head transplant, uh, which is going to take, which is like <laughs> quite S- experimental. It is experimental. <laughs> they haven't done it yet, but the guy who's trying to head this whole thing up, uh, who's also, uh, crazy. Uh, I think he's expecting it's like going to take 72 hours or something and like a team of 20, 26 surgeons or something like that. Those do are you, all very rough numbers. You, but. Ronnie, do you remember the surgeon in the room or like you don't remember at all? Being I don't. In there? No, I don't remember the OR experience at all. Like there is not one thing that I can recall from that. Only because I only ask because I've I've been under the impression that surgeons are are treated like um, professional sports stars or musicians, <laughs> and they kind of have their free reign over the hospital. Right. So, like, I think that they can, like, you know, jam to their iPods while they're cutting people open, or like, uh, you know, have they have like a, a charcuterie board next to the operating table Ooh. so that they can yeah. be like. Mm, Nothing like yeah. a little bit of raw meat next yeah. to an open so, human. Yeah, some that's cured great. meats and some very stinky cheese next to a surgery. The dynamics of a hospital definitely vary. Um, my surgeon, I can definitely speak for, had excellent bedside manners, which is kind of rare for a surgeon, honestly, because you're right. They do tend to have this a different level about them. Mm. That's what I was asking. How mm-hmm. is their bedside manners? No, she was amazing. Like I, like I said, I've known her since I've been 10 when I initially right. started getting diagnosed with this and through our, my brother as well. So mm. she's been closely tied with our family, which was part of the reasons why that experience was. That's cool. It's cool to have somebody that you're comfortable with. Definitely. Doing the surgery. What was recovery like? Um, 
Well, the wake up was really odd. <laughs> uh, I, you know how most people are like giddy or happy or loopy when they wake up. I don't know how you are. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get, I get pretty silly. I guess I was, I was yelling something about a tube in my dick and like <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing in the world. When I, I woke up. it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I was angry. Oh, I was so angry, <laughs> and hilariously enough is that this surgery it normally happens i was one of the older candidates to get the surgery at 19 when most happen when you're 15 16 so my surgeon is actually a pediatric surgeon so i'm on the pediatric floor being recovered Uh initially right after surgery and i wake up and this is mostly recollection from my parents but i remember saying the words it feels like i got hit by a bus and a few expletives thrown in there. And then I just started swearing at everybody who would come by. And I was so angry. And then I I proceeded to like yell at my dad for like (laughs) him not recognizing me as an adult. Like we're just going into some deep seated issues like into like this, my initial wake up. And my mom said she almost fainted. I asked the nurse about my medical marijuana license. I don't know. (laughs) When I, when I came out, I was telling my parents about how awesome it was to microdose LSD. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm like, it was great. I think I'm actually due today for a dose. But like, totally not. (laughs) Two doctors were like, no, No, you're not. (laughs) Not today, sir. How how old were you when you had the surgery? 19. 19. Yeah. 19. And, uh, yeah, so you know that was funny, and then I was in the hospital for about three days. Yeah, and which three is three days again. That's pretty quick. It's crazy how this has changed. So this surgery has actually been around for fifty years, which Whoa. is pretty insane to think about. First off, the first person who went through this was was probably the worst experience in the world. Yeah, they probably did it in the back of a stagecoach. <laughs> Honestly, because that's what it looks like. Yeah, and they're, they're scarred. Fifty years ago, <laughs> times were very different. <laughs> I was going to say I, it was about fifty years ago when they landed yeah. an astronaut on the moon. Yeah, yeah. Fifty and years a, ago, before the advent of the hospital. <laughs> And cars, apparently. (laughs) But uh, but when I was doing my research on this on the surgery beforehand, how they treated the recovery has changed significantly. Some people used to be in the hospital for like weeks and they wouldn't get out of bed until like the fifth day. They actually had me standing probably 24 hours after my surgery. They got me on my feet and uh, that must have been painful. I. I don't really remember the pain as much as I, I had. I lost a lot of blood during the surgery, so my blood pressure was really, really low. So when I stood up, I basically fainted and then mm. just like fell back because all the blood came rushing from my head. Right. And um, yeah, and then they got me they got me walking to. So I had my own room and the bathroom was in the room, which was nice. So I just had to like start the walk from. Like they took the catheter out as a as a means to get me to start walking. So I had to go to the washroom and I couldn't flip my I couldn't like roll over in bed like I physically just didn't have that ability yet. So every time I needed to like change positions, just laying there, a nurse would have to come in and she'd take this like draw blanket underneath me and essentially just like. Pull it and then flip me like a pancake. Kind of like the uh, <laughs> the old magician's trick where you pull you a tablecloth. Yeah, yeah, the tablecloth without without. Uh, is that a magician's trick or a, a pickup artist's trick? Uh, both. Yeah, that's right. It um, was my nurse's trick. Yeah, yeah. you're on your. I'm assuming you're on your stomach when you're no, laying no, down. No, I don't think I ever was on my stomach. It's a very uncomfortable position for me to sleep in naturally. Anyways, I was I was either on my back or on my two sides. Jeez. How are you on your back? Laying on a bunch of stitches. I, I, I feel like that would be the most comfortable place to be. Yeah, yeah but you have a giant 
like I was drugged. On your back. Drugged yeah, to the max. I mean, like, yeah, it's true. Pain pain meds are pretty uh, yeah pretty because fascinating on wh- how they work. What I imagine is is that if you're in any other position but on your back, those metal bars and the screws that are in them would be like kind of being pushed in a weird di- direction. Yeah, perhaps, I guess I think yeah. it just no, it's true. Like back. on my side, it it would hurt. After a while, I, well, it just it just hurt in general. Yeah, <laughs> but I would just have to move in order to switch it up. It's funny that you said that that like the progression over the last fifty years of of the recovery time of the surgery. Like I would have imagined that you would have been in in like bedridden for at least five days today. Oh so, yeah, for and sure. then and then still in the hospital for a few weeks because three days seems it's, that's a crazy. It does, surgery. but like, it's it, the surgery itself hasn't actually changed that much. Now it's now it's rapidly changing, but. Um, it's really more uh, of the doctor's understanding about how the patient should recover that's changed, not the actual technique itself. I mean, there's definitely some some ins- some factors that have made it an easier recovery for sure. Because mm, right. I suppose that a lot of it is based on we need to build strength. You need strength. You need to build strength. Like you can't be laying around precisely uh, wasting away, like having muscle waste occur when we just did this thing to your spine and, and to keep your spine where it is and healthy, we need to build strength around it. So it's like, get up on your feet, get up on your feet as soon as you can. That makes sense to me. And that's what I did before. Um, it got really bad too. When I was around 14, I had to start wearing the braces. The initial, um, advice was, you know, start working out. So Mm. that's what I did. And I started building the muscle and then you try to see if you can stabilize it from, at least it helped with the pain. It didn't necessarily stop the curve, obviously. How long did it take before you were back to like, your new baseline? Probably, probably a year, honestly. Um, the three months, so the three months of recovery, um, time was when I couldn't do anything besides move around the house. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't, I couldn't exercise. I could go for walks. Actually, (laughs) it was right about the time. So this actually, this surgery happened last, not this past summer, but the summer before. So, in May, and that's the summer of Pokemon Go, if anyone remembers. Uh, yes. Good summer. I do and, remember. Uh, so that was my therapy, actually. I'd, I'd go for walks with my friends, and we'd just play Pokemon Go for that. But other than that, that was the most exercise I'd seen. And most of the time, I just had to be complacent and sitting. So this is recent. Yeah, yeah how old are you like 21? I'm 21, yeah. Oh, wow, shit. This was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Taylor and I played a lot of Pokemon Go. Yeah, <laughs> very very familiar with the Pokemon Go timeline. Buttload, but I was on <laughs> PEI, so it was, uh, <laughs> maybe that's yeah. where they hide all the rare ones because there nobody goes. Ones. There. It came and went. Pokemon <laughs> Pokemon's kind of like Icarus. Flew a little too close to the sun. Burnt out pretty quick. Although, although you gotta admit, how it was a cultural bananas was it? It was when a, it was out. That it was like nuts. explosion. You literally could not go anywhere without seeing people playing it. Taylor, do you remember? Do you remember the, the first night when I came over and I was like, "Dude, there's this thing that's happening and it's crazy." And and you did like it was like the totally first day. Me at first, it was like the first day that it came out. Yeah, and and so we walked over to the Halifax Commons, like probably a three minute walk from Taylor's house, and and. Uh, I was like, look at those people on their phones. I bet they're playing Pokemon Go. But it was a bit of a joke and it was at a first. Joke. And it was a joke at first. Two days later. And then you no, realize. Not, not, not even that night. Dude, that, that night, night, we made our way up to Sidlow Hill and we're walking around. It's like a national historic site up on Sidlow Hill that you can go up and walk around right in the middle of the city. 
And there was all these groups of people walking around with their phones out, all with their phones out, looking yeah. down, walking around. And we were like, Jesus Christ, everyone's being so antisocial. Then you hear someone <laughs> in the distance go, Charizard! And there's like a fucking <laughs> stampede of people. And you're like, fuck, look out! And then we asked somebody, we were like, uh, are you got Pokemon Go? And they were like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we said that to like every Everybody, other group yeah. that we saw and everyone was playing it. mirror was that? Oh, very, oh, it was yeah. very, so very good mirror. comparison, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Like a very black mirror. You know, all they it, needed was like a like a heads up display above their head that showed like their level mm. and you know how what, many, like what their Pokemon they're using. I what had, team they're on. I had not been to the Halifax Public Gardens in probably like eight years, and, <laughs> and we it went, got you like, out. We went like four times in one week, and there was and there were hundreds of people there, not to see the beauty of the <laughs> Halifax Public Gardens, but to catch some Pokemon. <laughs> Because there was a what a, if Pokemon like a, Go was a was a tourism marketing nest. marketing scheme? Oh, wow. It should have been. It it could have been. Well, it was. It sort of was. Because the whole, I mean, wait, what did you say? Like a tourism yeah, marketing scheme. It, it, well, like, I mean, it kind of had like an a element, PR, like a PR stunt. It had an element of that to it because there were all these like um, uh, sort of key places around the town that that held like historical. Um, significance and you you could read up about it on like in the app and there yeah. was like more ghost Pokemon in graveyards and shit like that. That's that was fucking cool. crazy. Also, I don't want to I don't want to stand Pokemon Go for too much longer. But uh, <laughs> is that your scar? Let me see I'm that. Still, I was going to ask if you could show it to us, but this I'm seems I'm better. still in a Pokemon seems Go. Seems easier. So you don't have to take your shirt off in front of all of us. Facebook group and uh, and it oh. is still very much a thing. It is. Yeah. You I'm know sure. Pokemon Go. I could write to them and say you helped me during my recovery period. And then they could monopolize on the fact that maybe they could uh, get into physiotherapy. Super, totally. yeah. It's a great idea. So I'm looking at a picture of your scar right now. And man, scars, A, I love scars. Yeah, I think they're really cool. They're really cool. They always have a story. They they add character. You know, they're, they're interesting. They make things interesting. This is a fucking scar. Like, this is super, super cool. Dude, it, it, oh, it's like... The entire yeah. length of your back, from top to bottom, pretty much. And it's actually very clean. That was just a couple of days after I took the bandages off. Holy wow, shit. Really? Yeah. really? Yeah. So wow. the, the stitches were actually inside. They weren't external stitches, so they Whoa. dissolved, which is some pretty cool stuff happening there. Yeah. I one on my belly button right now. Just, yeah. I imagine, though, from, like, from that picture, I, I imagine that it's not like actually... A super. I mean, it's a really big scar because it it's runs not, from top to bottom. It's, it's like, like two and a half. It's feet. not really like wide or anything. It, <laughs> no, it's it, not wide. It's actually it's quite clean and it's done quite well and it's healing really nicely now too. Um, like it's obviously still there, and I do like to wear open back stuff now just because then people come up to you and you're like, Ooh. "What is going Ooh, on?" Yeah. 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 yeah, and those lead to some pretty fun stories. So out of all of this, um, like, what would you say is the the biggest thing you've you've what would you say is the biggest thing that you've had taken away from you with your your scoliosis and and what you've gone through um definitely my physical ability for sure um mostly definitely during the surgery period so i i got really into working out beforehand and exercise and yoga and stuff like that and then when i got the surgery it was three months of nada you can't do any of that mm -hmm. and then coming back after the surgery and building up from from nothing was really hard for me because it just kind of felt pointless to mm -hmm. do it like that can you can you play like sport is there a risk that like anything with contact could uh fuck your spine up 
not any more so than the average person's spine. Actually, probably less less, because I've got some some reinforcement. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Is that in there forever? Yeah. So um, what they did actually is they put a piece of um, a bone chip from a bone bank, somebody else's somebody else's bone. And what they do is that they put that on the top of the surgery of the incision area and that stimulates your own bone growth. So now my bone has started to grow on top of the rods and the rods are actually pretty much useless. They're only there for that initial um, keeping it in place part and then my bone will grow over it and kind of solidify the entire situation. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on though. Hold on though. That's crazy. wrap my head around this because... Your, your, we said this earlier, your vertebra are segments of bone right. with space in between. Um, and like, you know, juices and like bursa or whatever in between the, the bone. But so now you, with these rods, bone growing over it, what does it grow over the entire rod or does the bone only grow where the vertebra are? And if that's the case, you still have rod in between the bone. You know what I mean? Like that. I think I, I sounds so fucking crazy. To me. I can't even, I don't think I'd be able to give you a very good yeah. description of what's seriously happening. Can you laterally bend? Like if you, Oh yeah, yeah, I can do, I can do almost anything. Wow. Now the one thing I cannot do and never will be able to do is a back bend mm. like that. Just, that just won't happen. AKA the worm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I will never be able to crush people by doing that. I picture mm. that your the bone is growing over the rods, like, uh, like coral, on, on like a coral reef, like just covered, like a sunken ship, you know? <laughs> Have you been watching uh, Blue Planet too? I did oh, watch one That episode, is the most yeah. amazing thing. Fuck, it's good. I watched the coral, coral one. Yeah, it's really good. I'm a marine biology student, so I'm pretty geeking out oh, about that's that right, right now. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, okay, so what would you say um, your experience with scoliosis has given you? Uh, definitely a lot of perspective on body image, for sure. Um, so... That whole like funky right shoulder blade pointing out, I was all, I became really self conscious of later mm-hmm. on as I got older. When I was younger, you know, you don't really think too much about how you look when you're younger. But in your teen years, when stuff like that becomes a disformity, it starts to become all you can focus on. Um, but also, it was interesting having an illness like this and my celiac disease, but also having my brother there in my in in my life's picture uh, because. It almost felt like I just couldn't, I, like, I didn't have the right to talk about it. Like it mm. wasn't as, it wasn't as severe as his situation. And, you know, I don't fault my parents at all for this, but obviously the focus was on him throughout most of my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the idea of kind of like just holding back and not really talking about my illness or uh, how it affected my daily life just kind of became a part of who I was. Mm. And I initially didn't even really want to come on this podcast. And then one of my friends kind of inched me forward. They're like, no, you got a cyborg back. You should go talk about (laughs) that shit. Um, and, uh, you know, that's also essentially what this podcast is, is doing, right? There's no like competition between. Actually, there is. We're, uh, we're taking (laughs) every guest and yeah, we rank at the uh, 1000th episode. We choose the coolest (laughs) disease. That's not true. Well, okay. uh, So no pressure here or anything. Anything else you got? What else you got? Um, but yeah, the the aspect of of watching my brother go through a different a, a myriad of things with his genetic disorder was definitely a mm. uh, it, it shaped how I experienced my own disorder for sure. Yeah, so, no doubt. so you feel? <laughs> would you say that you feel like more comfortable now 
talking about this or or dealing with like your own body image as well after going through this? Definitely. And I think it was it was essentially forced upon me that I had no choice but to start right. becoming comfortable with it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually way more in, in, in better physical and mental health than I was before the surgery, too, for sure. And talking about that has definitely become a side effect as well. Mm, so. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming in, Ronnie, and, and sharing your experience with us and uh, and taking the advice of your your friend who, <laughs> and it, you know, gave you that little push to come on the podcast, because I think it's I think it's super important mm -hmm. that we have these conversations. And I'm glad that you you feel the same way. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with another fascinating episode, as always. Uh, in the meantime, head on over to iTunes. It would mean the world to us if you hit the subscribe button and left a little rating and a review. And uh, of course, if you want to reach out to us or engage with the conversations that we are having, you can do that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Linked, wanna, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. We've just joined LinkedIn. We, mm -hmm. We've gotten, uh, actually, we get about one request a day from various friends that says uh, we you should join LinkedIn with us. And so we decide actually, you know what? We didn't because I actually have a bunch of people being like now that we're like, you know, we're going to different events and stuff and people go, where can I contact you? LinkedIn. And I go, are you for real? <laughs> I'm a premium user. Uh, at, we're actually, we're actually shifting school. We're actually shifting all about? of our focus uh, away from Instagram and Facebook and putting all of our efforts towards LinkedIn. It, yeah, um, it is helpful for some people. I'm sure <laughs> LinkedIn is helpful yeah, for recruitment. Yeah. Professionals. Uh, so, uh, and if you'd like to support us, uh, we have a, a host of amazing contributors that help us on Patreon. You can go over to patreon.com slash sick boy and contribute uh, whatever uh, menial or major amount that you'd like to uh, per month and it helps it goes a long way we get to travel meet new people tell new stories and have an amazing time so for everybody who does do that thank you and everybody who would like to patreon.com slash sick boy and a big thank you to donovan morgan for the amazing sound design on this episode and to take part take part in this.bandcamp.com for the intro and outro music that is it for this week Thank you so much. My name is Brian. Thank you so much, everybody. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jerry. And this is Sick Boy. Boom! One hour exactly. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.